0: what is being suggested in Arizona, proposed in Arizona where the governor would like to see a debit card given out to anyone who leaves public education. Would you consider doing that? In Ontario, we're basically 95-5. 95 five ninety-five 95 percent of students are in public education, 5% are in private education. But in Arizona, if this proposal winds up becoming more concrete, you would have students that leave given $7,000 on a debit card and it could be spent on private institutions, tutoring, homeschooling, micro-schools, all sorts of things. And we've been getting a couple of different perspectives on this. Joining us right now is David Hunt, Education Program Director at Cardis. David, great to have you with us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Mike.
0: You've done an awful lot of thinking about education. In fact, you released some policy priorities before the election, I, I wish those would have been read more and discussed more by the candidates. I, I don't know how far those got, but it allows us to discuss them now. Do you feel that, that they were picked up on at all? Uh, not not not
1: for this election, but this is some seeds that uh, will start to grow in the future.
0: Well, that's good. Well, we can talk about those sorts of things right now because we always say on this show the worst thing that anybody can fall back on is, well, why do you do that? Well, it's the way we've always done it. No, let's, let's be thinking about other things. So when you look at education recommendations, you had three main ones that came out. What were those?
1: So for Ontario, um, I think we were talking about direct funding for tutoring, if I recall correctly, modernizing yes. the regulations around independent schools. Uh, and then also, sure, we, we probably also talked about uh, special um, students with special needs. So neuroplasticity, making sure they're being properly funded the way they are in other provinces. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think those, I think those were. No, the- you're
0: bang on. You are bang on. And so, in terms of of what you would see going on in education i mean are we looking at some small tinkering that could be done that would give us you know better education do we need to be looking at different way, ways of doing it still different methods expanding on some of the ones that already exist what would you see
1: yeah very very good question so what what we recommended in ontario was definitely tinkering it was it was very incremental stuff and stuff that really we thought was common sense stuff That's done in other provinces, done around the world in advanced countries. In terms of what's going on in Arizona, that's a that's a lot more ambitious. I think it is good policy, but they're they will be a great case study that we can then look at as as time goes on. In ten years from now, we can say, okay, is that something the rest of us want to adopt? Um, But the stuff we recommended was 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 really marginal. I think, especially when you're dealing with with education, like these these are people's lives, children, families. I I do think incremental change is probably the the best change. Um, Yeah.
0: When you talk about some of, let's say, the public versus private right now, what are you seeing there?
1: Yeah, well, I think, too, I think we got to be, I think how how we talk about public, how we talk about private, I think is a conversation we ought to have in that really all education is public education in the sense that all of it is being regulated by the gov- government. All education is in the public interest. And like the reason you and I are paying our tax dollars for, for schools is because the education of our neighbors' kids or the lack thereof affects both of us. And in terms of private, well, rich kids <laughs> rich kids are always going to have that option in any country. Go to China, go to North Korea even, you have private education for the, for the elite. So you have that option. But then the question is, okay, what about the kids that come from a socioeconomically disadvantaged environment is there anything being done to give them equal opportunity and give them every opportunity that they can afford? And that's really Arizona. That's the big takeaway for me on uh, this Arizona policy is we're coming out of COVID. And I think of how many students have fallen through the cracks in Canada alone. We're estimating somewhere between two to 300,000 students aren't accounted for. So in Arizona, I don't know what those numbers are, but I'm assuming, given this is on the heels of COVID, that's probably what's driving this and realizing that, hey, why don't we take some of those dollars that are normally allocated – they already are allocated per student in the public system and say, hey, if, if this isn't working for you, and take take that money and find something that works, whether it's a private school, whether it's homeschooling, wh- wh- whatever that looks like, tutoring services, et cetera, et cetera.
0: David Hunt joining us, Education Program Director at CARDIS. And that's a, an interesting way to look at what is happening in Arizona. And it was certainly a concern that happened during the pandemic where you really needed parents to be heavily involved. You really needed students to say, all right, I'm going to have to do a little bit more on my own here. I'm going to have to make sure that I am keeping up with everything. And there was no guarantee that that would happen. We like to believe every world is perfect. We've got parents who do not care that their kids go to school. It's a break in the day for them. And that's just a reality. So in this case, you see it as being maybe a a way to to address those sorts of things. How big do you think those things are going to be as we move forward?
1: Yeah, well, it's for for an upper middle class family, COVID, and this is a terrible thing to say, but it actually wasn't so bad for for many upper class families because there, there there was a comfort there having the kids at home. If you got strong internet connection, if everyone has their own laptop, there's a way to navigate that. If a parent is at home, you can afford to have a parent at home. Well, then you have a teacher right there with you. But what about the single? parent-family, where, where the mom's having to go to work and, and, and struggle, especially if English is, is a second or third or fourth language. For those kids who really fell through the crack, this policy in Arizona, what it does is it implies that education funding must prioritize the child. Where there is no child, that's going to be left behind. Where every child, you have dollars that are allocated, and those dollars c- can be used uh, appropriately. And also, when we saw the, the, the pandemic, especially in Ontario, Public schools, if I'm not mistaken, they were closed more in Ontario than any jurisdiction in North America. And so in terms of, of, of those kids falling through the cracks, we would assume, we don't have good data on this, but we'd assume it's actually the worst in Ontario. And with the independent schools in Ontario, you didn't have that. Most independent schools and private schools. About half of them didn't miss a single day of school because they came out of spring break and they got back up and going. They were functioning online. Many of them only missed three days of school. But in Ontario, it costs, on average, $12,000 or more to afford an independent school. What if there was a policy, maybe not quite as radical as Arizona, but something that helps, maybe what BC has, what Alberta has, what Quebec or Saskatchewan or Manitoba has, where you help more families be able to afford those options. Because they also do, another thing to think about as well, every kid's different. Not every kid learns the same. Not every kid fits in. So are, are we providing options that prioritize each child? We don't have to be, We're not in the Industrial Revolution anymore. We don't have to think of schools as factories anymore. We can think of children as unique individuals, and we have the technology to have a a, a robust and diverse education system.
0: Well, David, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for the time and the insight, and we'll see where education does end up going. We've got some discussions going on from a union perspective on the horizon, and then, who knows, maybe we get to the meat and the potatoes of educating children and what the plan is going forward. Thanks for the time today. Thank you so much, Mike. That's David Hunt, Education Program Director at CARDIS. So some perspectives on what we maybe need to look at as we move forward in education.